from the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio, this is In Black America. We took what we would say as an audit. Mm -hmm. We did, uh, we, we brought in consultants on the print side and on the digital side. And so we spent the next 90 days uh, allowing the consultants to go in and do the research, uh, grab all of the data that they need, and then they brought back uh, recommendations. So on the print side, the recommendations were, uh, we thought we could really reduce our costs by, uh, for example, changing printers. We uh, looked at our staff and we realized that we had some uh, some pieces missing, and so we've we've uh, changed our staff out somewhat. On the digital side, uh, we had some techno. We really were behind the technology, okay. so we uh, installed new technology to uh, be able to not only support but attract new customers to our uh, platform. Michael Gibson, co-founder and chairman of Clearview Group, LLC, an African-American-owned investment firm based in Austin, Texas. They are the new owners of Ebony Magazine and JetMag.com. In 2016, CBG purchased the iconic African-American lifestyle magazine. Johnson Publishing retained its fashion fair cosmetic business and its historic Ebony photo archives. A family-owned business throughout its history, Ebony has documented the African-American experience since it first hit the newsstands in 1945. It has shaped culture ever since, coming into its own as a reporter from the front lines of the Civil Rights Movement during the 1960s in powerful pictures and words. I'm Johnny O'Hanson, Jr., and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program... Ebony Magazine and JetMag.com with Michael Gibson, co-founder and chairman of Clearview Group, LLC, in Black America. One of the challenges we have is that we, we do have 70 years of stories people may be interested in, but they haven't been documented and they haven't been organized and mm -hmm. categorized. The partnership is to have a number of interns go through those archives and develop and categorize some of the content mm -hmm. so that I think as we work with production houses and so forth, they know what we have and they know what stories that may you know be able to expand it to be expanded into series or, or something else. And the thing that made it so easy was they can they can do this uh, while they're on campus, so okay. we don't have to have any special housing. And the professor ha has worked all of the background force in terms of uh, the relationship with uh, USC. Ebony Magazine is a pictorial news magazine first published in November 1945, created by the late Johnny's Johnson who modeled the publication After Life magazine. Ebony celebrated African-American life and culture by depicting the achievement of African-Americans. It honored African-American identity by portraying African-American life, refuting stereotypes, and inspiring readers to overcome barriers to success. John H. Johnson began his career with Negro Digest in 1942 and started Ebony three years later. Both magazines were so successful that in 1972, the Magazine Publishers Association selected Johnson Magazine Publisher of the Year. In May of 2016, the accounting African-American lifestyle publication was purchased by Clearview Group, LLC, an African-American-owned investment firm based in Austin, Texas. The group is headed by Michael Gibson, co-founder and chairman, and Willard Jackson, co-founder and vice chairman. In Black America recently spoke with Gibson regarding the purchase and the future of the publication. It's been two years since we last spoke, so give our audience a little background about yourself. Where were you born and raised? I grew up in uh, Mississippi, down in Biloxi, and I moved to um, 
Texas in 1979 here in Austin. And I pretty much have been here in Austin since 1979. You attended Jackson State? Jackson State. I have an undergraduate degree in computer science from Jackson State University. And what were some of your favorite subjects while you were in school? Uh, Math and uh, computer science. Really? Yes. And when you moved to Austin, did you come to work for IBM or another company? I did. I uh, was fortunate enough to land a position with IBM right out of college, and I stayed with them for the next 21 years. And what brought you to the point that you all founded Clearview? Uh, I think it was uh, we uh, collectively, my partner and I, uh, Willard Jackson, wanted to do something special. We wanted to do something more on the entrepreneurial uh, space. And so uh, we founded uh, Clearview Group to uh, be that vehicle to make acquisitions uh, into other industries. How do you go about putting an investment group together? Uh, you know, we have a, um, a process that we use. Uh, typically, uh, we have a, a number of companies that we're looking at on a continual basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort through those companies to try to figure out um, which ones uh, have the best financials, which ones make sense for us. And then we work closely with uh, the financial industry and with the uh, seller to work a deal. So are you all using you all's money or someone else's money? It's always good to use someone else's money. <laughs> we had initially had to use some of our money as seed money, mm-hmm. but typically in a deal, uh, we try to use someone else's money. Now, you are the new owners of Ebony and Ebony Jet, but you also own other companies. Tell us about That's those correct. other companies before we start talking about right, uh, right. Ebony Jet. So we own a uh, bus company. It's called uh, Starline Luxury Coaches. Mm-hmm. It's headquartered in Seattle. We have about 115 buses. It's uh, charter buses, mm-hmm. and they uh, support uh, customers throughout the West Coast from uh, Oregon down through all the way down to California. Uh, so we've owned it for a little bit over two years. Uh, it's a great company. We also have a financial kind of uh, wing Mm-hmm. So we made some investments into some companies, uh, really kind of loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are doing quite well. And then um, we just sold a staffing company. So we're out of the staffing business, and now we're really focusing on the media. So what made you all invest in this bus company? Uh, it really is a great opportunity. It was, uh, as I mentioned, we look at a number of different opportunities. This company uh, had a great uh, management team. It had great financials. Uh, It's in an industry that is ripe for consolidations. And so, uh, you know, all those things came together and and made it a good opportunity for us. How did you and your partner get together? Had you known Willard for a time? I I met Willard in 2014. And uh, I mean, it was just kindred spirits. Uh, Both of us seemed to have the same goals and we have some complementary skills. Okay. Uh, we were working together on a couple deals, and uh, we discovered that we have a lot of things in common. Why not go take it a step further and create uh, CVG or the Clearview Group? What made you all become interested in purchasing Ebony Jet when it became available? You know, it's an iconic brand. Right. Uh, been around for 70 years. It is probably one of the most sought-after brands uh, in in our industry. And so for us, it was a couple of things. 
the brand itself, the the historical nature of, of Ebony and Jet. And uh, we had a good uh, team, so it all kind of made sense for us. Was it somewhat overwhelming once you all got in that process of, of knowing that you just stated the iconic brand itself, but the responsibility Jet has had as far as informing the African-American community in the world? It's been it's been one of the most exhilarating experiences I can tell you anyone could have. It is such a, a pleasure for me to travel around the world and to be able to to tell the Ebony Jet story but be a part of the future of what we're going to do with Ebony and Jet. And I just can't tell you I feel blessed every day to, to wake up and, and be a part of it. When you look at the company and the brand itself, mm-hmm. so you all brought the magazines, the building and the art, the photo archives, what became of those items? So, uh, prior to us purchasing the company, uh, Johnson Publishing, mm-hmm. that was started by uh, Mr. Uh, John H. Johnson, mm-hmm. was sold. Okay. Uh, the, arc- the static archives remained with uh, uh, John H. Johnson, mm-hmm. or JPC. What we have are all of the magazine the magazines and everything that's associated with it, including all the 70 years of stories, which is another archive. When you when you became the official owners of the, uh, of the brand, what are some of the initial things that you all did? It was like two years ago, I was talking to you. That's years correct, ago. 28 was, months. All right. right. What were some of the initial things that you all did once becoming on board? So we, we, went, we took a, what we would say is an audit. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, we we brought in consultants on the print side and on the digital side. Okay. And so we spent the next ninety days uh, allowing the consultants to go in and do the research, uh, grab all of the data that they need, and then they brought back uh, recommendations. So on the print side, the recommendations were uh, we thought we could really reduce our costs by, uh, for example, changing printers. We uh, looked at our staff, and we realized that we had some uh, some pieces missing, and so we've we've uh, changed our staff out somewhat. On the digital side, uh, we had some techno. We really were behind in technology, okay. so we uh, installed new technology to uh, be able to not only support but attract new uh, new cl- uh, customers to our uh, platform. The um, other thing that we did was um, uh, we went out and looked at uh, you know, how many issues do we do a year, and we decided that the number of issues we do, which are 8 to 10, mm-hmm. are about right. Uh, we also looked at maybe doing some special issues, which we've done. We've done one on uh, President Obama. We've done one on um, the, uh, the music industry, mm-hmm. and we've done one on Mrs. Obama. When you travel around the country, do this generation or younger understand the significance of, of Ebony Jet? Uh, yes, they do. And and it's it's amazing. Uh, usually when I'm, uh, you know, traveling around the country, obviously the older diaspora is very loyal and passionate about it, and mm-hmm. I feel that every day. The The younger audience really are starting to, to, to catch hold, especially on the digital side. Mm-hmm. And when we just have come through a midterm like we have, we see the real importance of a company like Ebony. When you went out 
and retooled the staff, what are some of the, the expertise where, where you are looking for? Okay, so um, we, uh, I think we, we've, we've, we've uh, fundamentally changed our whole uh, approach. When we first purchased the company, it was print first, digital second. Mm-hmm. This year, we premier digital first okay. and followed by print. We'll never lose our allegiance to print. But uh, we had to find someone that had uh, both digital and print kind of expertise as well as some uh, media. So uh, that was one of the key things. We had to find some strong digital. And so we brought in a COO, uh, Mark Walker mm-hmm. from NRG, uh, has a very exp- expensive uh, digital background. We also brought in a senior VP for uh, marketing. Her name is Katrina Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. And she has uh, experience that spans from uh, Match.com and BlackAmericaWeb.com. Those two have really done an amazing job of expanding our social uh, influence as well as our digital platform. I would assume with the digital platform, you all are able to get stories and news items out quicker Mm -hmm. than you will be able to if you put it in print. Exactly, right. As you know, print comes out about once a month, right? Right. We do a on the average of twenty articles a day okay. on our digital platform, really? and okay. everything that's posted on our digital platform also goes out to our social, uh, right. Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook. Mm-hmm. So right now we're averaging about three and a half million unique visitors okay. uh, per month. That's a huge increase from where we were twenty eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about uh, two hundred fifty thousand followers now on social media. Another huge increase from where we were. A few uh, 28 months ago, we also offer the the book and digital. Okay. And there are some other perks that we can do on the digital side mm. uh, that we can't do in the print. And so you're correct. Obviously, it's all about you know making a dollar. So how has the revenue changed right. from when you initially purchased the brand? Right. So you know as as I mentioned, when we first purchased the brand. Uh, we were heavily dependent on print mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for revenue. And so with the emergence of our digital platform, we are, we've are we moved that dependence now from heavily on uh, print to more on the digital side. And so as that digital grows, the revenue participation from the digital side is growing significantly. If you're just joining us, I'm Johnny O'Hanson, Jr., and you're listening to In Black America from KUT Radio. We're speaking with Michael Gibson, co-founder and chairman of Clearview Group, LLC, an African-American investment firm based in Austin, Texas, but also offices in Houston. They are the new owners, two years out, Ebony Magazine and, and Jet Mag. When you look at the purchase thus far, Michael, what were some of the adjustments you had to make as an entrepreneur going into this deal? One is, I think the whole family had to adjust to the attention that we get. <laughs> okay. I mean, everything we do is scrutinized in the media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so all of us had to adjust to that. We also had to adjust to my schedule. Okay. Uh, I travel constantly around the country, and it's truly a pleasure to travel around the country. Uh, for example, I was recently in uh, Ghana. Mm-hmm. I met with the uh, president of Ghana. Uh, they're, they're doing an initiative uh, next year. It's called the 400 year of the return. Okay. It's 400 years since the first slave was shipped off of the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be featured in our December-January issue 
And so we had a team over there documenting, uh, documenting it and photographing it and all that. What a, tr- I mean, an amazing experience and uh, honor mm-hmm. to have done it and a privilege. So we had to address, adjust to that. Uh, we also had to adjust to the, to the, to the, the changes that we were going to need to make in the magazine, to to uh, have it be the magazine not only of the last seventy years but the next seventy years, mm-hmm. and so that means uh, changing our dependency from print to more digital. Uh, we're going into more of the experiential mm-hmm. uh, type uh, events. I mentioned that uh, we are going to do a Power 100, which we've done for the last seven year, seventy uh, seven years. But we're looking at other events that we can do, and so uh, those are some of the other things that I've had to adjust to uh, in terms of working with a different type of diaspora, different type of folks. How has the magazine industry evolved and changed? Uh, there are. It's a very competitive industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the print is a very expensive industry. I think the, uh, from what I'm seeing, yeah, there are a lot of competitors out there, and a lot of folks are are looking at this whole digital space, and mm-hmm. they're looking at media, and they're trying to figure out how do we how do we compete in the digital space, and we're all trying to figure out how do we grow our uh, client base to include the millennials and Mm -hmm. younger. That brings me to my next question. Mm -hmm. Obviously, African-Americans are interested in in what Ebony Jet has to offer. Has the ethnicity of of your audience expanded? Yes, it's it's expanded uh, somewhat. Uh, We are seeing some um, more of the browning of America, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. we're seeing some of the uh, Latina... Uh, more of the uh, uh, other minorities that are now coming in to the magazine t- because some of the issues that have been facing the African-American community right. are also mm-hmm. being faced by other uh, ethnicities. And so we're, we're happy to, to include, and we're looking at how, how should we uh, manage that inclusion and um, you know, what are the things that we're going to do to going forward to manage the inclusion. Is it difficult in relinquishing the day-to-day oversight of the magazine now, two years in? It is not <laughs> difficult. We have we've 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 uh, brought in some really outstanding okay. uh, leaders, mm-hmm. um, and so they have exceptional expertise in mm-hmm. in their areas in their disciplines, and so uh, the reason we brought them in and we are. We're uh, compensating in the way we are is because we have a lot of confidence that they can make it happen. When you look at the purchase thus far, mm-hmm. has it been what you all have expected and projected thus yes. far? Okay. Yeah, it's been a. Uh, it, it's I, I will say it's been a little harder than we may mm-hmm. have thought it was okay. uh, initially, but it's been every bit as much as we've expected, and we visualized. Now, is the company still housed in, in Chicago, or have you all moved? We've expanded. Okay. So we still have a headquarters in uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. but we've expanded our footprint in New York. Uh, okay. Some of our writers, sales folks, uh, some of the editor, editorial staff. We've always had fashion in New York, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. The, a lot of those now are housed in New York. 
And we also are expanding our footprint into the Los Angeles area because we want to do more in the media space, more in the production space. And in order to be there, we need to have a presence there. Without giving away the whole store, what are some of the, the plans that you all have five, ten years out from the magazine? Okay. So we want to really continue to expand that digital footprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to see uh, you know, 10x improvement in a, in a following at least over the next five years uh, on the digital side. Same thing with the social media. We mm-hmm. want to continue to expand there. Uh, we want to move uh, deeper into the uh, into this uh, production media space, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so we're we're developing strategic partnerships now, and uh, those things take a little while. So we have we've been kind of silent, but we are working in the background to get that done. I think one of the strategic things we've done is we signed a deal with uh, WME to be our agent, and so they're helping us sort out some of the. Uh, some of the uh, strategy, and then the last thing is that uh, you know we want to we want a a tent pole event. Uh, we have our women up event okay. uh, that's well attended. It's a panel of um, women that are in different businesses. We've done a three or four now. We've gotten gr- very good reception. So we're going to expand that over the next year, and we'll have it be more of a two day event, and uh, we'll have uh, exceptional talent to uh, support that. And so we're looking for other tentpole events to add to that. And so in order to do that, we brought in a, a very experienced, experiential executive to manage that strategy for us. You was telling me about the internship at USC now. Tell us yes. how did that come about? So uh, we have, uh, we were approached by a, a professor at uh, USC mm-hmm. with an interesting proposal to uh, start a, a um, internship with uh, USC. One of the challenges we have is that we, we do have 70 years of stories mm-hmm. that people may be interested in, but they haven't been documented and they haven't been organized and mm-hmm. categorized. Right. So uh, the partnership is to have a number of interns go through those archives and develop and categorize uh, some of the content Mm-hmm. So that I think as we work with production houses and so forth, they know what we have and they know what stories that may you know be able to expand it to be expanded into series or, or something else. Uh, and the thing that made it so easy was they can they can do this uh, while they're on campus, so okay. we don't have to have any special housing. And the professor ha- has worked all of the background force uh, in terms of. Uh, the relationship with uh, USC. So we would like to now do something with other schools like UT. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. How did you all go about handling some of the negative press? There were stories out, people were quitting, people weren't getting paid. Yes. In the initial year after you all purchased uh, the, the, the magazine. Right, right. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've had some unfortunate incidents, obviously. We have tried to do everything we can to make sure we understand those issues and that we have put plans together to make sure we address them and that everybody gets paid. And mm-hmm. so uh, if there are people that, uh, like some of the writers, that had not gotten, have not gotten paid, we, are paid, we have paid those people mm-hmm. per the uh, writers' union agreement. Mm-hmm. So we're current there. And uh, I think we have one more payment 
we're committed to making that payment. And as I tell everybody, we will meet all our commitments and pay everybody as as has been committed. Or if they think they're they're owed something, let us know and we'll take care of it. Is there a financial limit in which you all will not exceed when you all look at particular investments? Uh, there isn't. Okay. Uh, it really it really comes down to you know, the performance of the company. Okay. Uh, we have been very successful at uh, looking at companies that are that have uh, revenues in the uh, hundreds of million going out, putting together deals and raising the money to make it happen. And so we really don't have a, a limit there. It's just uh, you know, can we find the right deal that that makes sense for us? How often do you all meet regarding Ebony Jet Magazine? Is it when you have to or there's a, a scheduled meeting to discuss whatever needs to be discussed? Right. So, we, you know, we have our quarterly uh, okay. board meetings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in addition to that, there are two or three meetings. I, I have two or three meetings weekly with the sales team and with my leadership team to continue to gauge where we are and to continue to set the uh, the strategy and the vision. You said board meeting. Are there is there a ebony board? Yes, there are. Who are who are the individuals? That so make up we that have board? Uh, we have four board members. It is the former owner, Miss Linda Johnson right. Rice. Okay. Uh, she's the chairman emeritus. I'm the chairman of the board. Uh, one of our major investors, Parkview Capital, has mm-hmm. a representative. Mm-hmm. His name is Keith Smith. Uh, a UT graduate, mm-hmm. and we have uh, Willard Jackson, the co-chairman. Has this been a dream come true when you all purchased it? I guess the uh, first question <laughs> is, did you ever envision having an opportunity to purchase Ebony? And then the second part of that question, has this been a dream come true? <laughs> so so the first part is, I, I can say no, I never envisioned being in a position where I am now. And and I can tell you, I'm a. It's a privilege and an honor to represent our country and the world through this magazine. Mm-hmm. And so every day I wake up, I wake up knowing that we have an opportunity to make a difference. And I feel very good about it. And I'm just, you know, I can, I'm as excited now as I was 28 <laughs> months ago. Okay. When you when you look at the brand. And obviously, this is going to probably be passed on to your daughter who, who who's mm-hmm. sitting behind you. What are the expectations of the long term of this purchase? The expectations is that um, this brand will grow. There will be, you know, joint ventures. There will be partnerships established. But the nucleus of the company will always be a part of our family. Any final comments, Michael? Yeah, uh, John, thank you again. Uh, you know, I listen to your program, and I'm always proud to call you a friend. And thank you for allowing us to come in and tell our story about Ebony. Truly, it's it's an exciting one. I think everyone should stay tuned, mm-hmm. stay involved with us. Check out ebony.com. Yeah, I think you'll see some exciting things. And just, you know, continue to support us. Michael Gibson, co-founder and chairman of Clearview Group, LLC, the new owners of Ebony Magazine and JetMag.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions as to future In Black America programs, email us at inblackamerica at kut.org. 
Also, let us know what radio station you heard is over. Remember to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer David Alvarez, I'm John L. Hanson, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.